2: Today on the show, Jeremy Corbell returns to talk about his latest film, Bob Lazar, Area 51,
1: and Flying Saucers. And one of the things that critics say is like, well, he was with a subcontractor. Holy hell. Do you know it's harder to get a job with a subcontractor to go to Los Alamos? You need to prove your credentials more to do that than if you get hired just by Los Alamos. He had to present credentials in order to be hired by a subcontractor. And I know for a fact and have proven ten times over, and so has George Knapp, that he worked as a physicist at the Maison Particle Accelerator at Los Alamos. So he was there, he was a physicist. He was in security briefings with people that I've proved all their credentials, and I proved that years ago, and George Knapp proved that years ago. George Knapp was in Los Alamos with Bob Lazar on camera, and there are some snips of Bob going around Los Alamos in my movie. So so look, everybody can just kind of like focus on that if they want, and then they're going to miss the big picture. We will address it. It's important to address, and I feel like we just fucking addressed it.
0: This is Somewhere in the Skies, with Ryan Sprague.
1: Welcome
2: to Somewhere in the Skies. I'm your host, Ryan Sprague former government physicist bob lazar made headlines worldwide in 1989 when he came forward with his account of reverse engineering an alien spacecraft for the u.s military the reason the public even knows the name area 51 is because lazar talked about the work he did at the formerly secret military base burdened with a revolutionary secret He had to choose between his oath to his country, or his conscience. His testimony remains the most controversial and important UFO story of all time, and today we tackle this highly controversial upcoming film by Jeremy Corbell. It investigates Lazar's groundbreaking claims, and the devastating impact they had on his life over the course of the last 30 years including rare and never-before-revealed footage guaranteed to alter the landscape of the debate. Lazar blew the whistle, shocked the world, then went silent. Until now. So, without further ado, here's our conversation with Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy, welcome back to Somewhere in the Skies. It's so good to have you back, man.
1: Thanks, Ryan. It's always a pleasure. Really glad to be on your show. I'm really glad your audience gets to hear before the movie premiere what's going on.
2: The hype is just building and building. I'm excited. I'm going to personally be at your premiere in Los Angeles with my fellow rogue Planeteers, jason and maureen so i can't tell you man like just how excited we are this film has been over 30 years in the making and i am ready to dive deep tonight
1: <laughs> me you jason maureen in los angeles at a red carpet premiere for the bob lazar film you know what i what could go wrong that's gonna be crazy
2: <laughs> i can't even imagine especially if drinks are being served
1: they will be and by the way it, it's going to be hosted by uh george knapp me And Bob Lazar. I mean, I'm going to have him there with me. And I I think I have an interesting way that I'm going to engage the audience at the end. So it should be a very interesting night. If anybody's in LA, there's still actually places or tickets left. I don't know when this is airing, but there are tickets available still.
2: Yeah, this is going to air, I think, right before the premiere days before. So we'll definitely if anyone's listening in the area or not in the area, please. Hop on this. We're going to be covering it extensively with Rogue Planet. Articles, reviews, everything, my man. So we'll give you everything we got.
1: Love it. Thank you.
2: Of course. So, dude, let's let's throw you a softball first and foremost here, just to get everyone caught up who may not be too familiar with the Lazar story. But how did you personally, how did your interest first stem in terms of the Lazar story? And what type of journey did you take in... Him agreeing to do this with you, I, I can't imagine that was an easy task.
1: It has not been a smooth road. <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine. Okay, but you know, I mean, the ungettable. It's like it's like Bigfoot meets Elvis. You know, <laughs> that's what you got with Bob Lazar. It's like the impossible. Uh, but okay, so look, man. In 1989, I was 13 years old, and I heard on the radio, like a lot of people, I heard the voice of Bob Lazar. Talking about the propulsion system, the gravity wave amplification system to warp and bend space-time to almost literally fall into the position and the location and time space that you want to go. Very different than reactionary propulsion system where, like everything we have, push something out the back, you go forward. That flipped my script. Mm-hmm. When I heard that, when I, when I understood that, it altered the way that I viewed the possibility of, are we alone in the universe? Are they visiting here? The big questions that we all want to know. I had never really thought about it before, but when the science and the technology described from Bob Lazar uh, kind of hit my ears and went into my mind, I, my curiosity was weaponized. That was the moment when I could no longer be a passive observer and listener, and I needed to find out more. I, like you, wanted to know is this story true? Fast forward 30 years later, and I've got a film coming out. And I've been able to to get to the core of this story, uh, very intimately to the core of the story, everybody involved. And, you know, that's thanks to my mentor in journalism, George Knapp, absolutely number one. He's the one that broke the story. He's the one that has kept this story in the public eye and attention because that has not been Bob. Bob has not done that. Mm -hmm. Bob has always, he is allergic to interviews, so that's because of George Knapp.
3: Despite the speculation, no one who knew Area 51 from the inside ever talked publicly about the saucer stories. Well, there's several, uh, actually nine uh, flying saucers, flying discs uh, that are out there of extraterrestrial origin. The live interview with the shadowy Dennis drew international attention. Portions were broadcast by radio in six European countries and in a nationally televised TV special in Japan. Actually nine uh, flying saucers, flying discs. Despite numerous inquiries and feelers, Dennis has remained anonymous until now. His real name is Robert Lazar, a young scientist with eclectic interests. The choice of Dennis was an inside joke. He says that's the name of his superior at Groom Lake. It wasn't a joke to Dennis. He called right after and he said, do you have any idea what we're going to do to you now? And I, I said, well, no. And he hung up the phone. And... Lazar's story is by any standards fantastic. He says he's telling it in order to protect himself. He says he was hired to work at an area called S4, which is a few miles south of Groom Lake. At S4, he says, are flying saucers, antimatter reactors, and other working examples of technology that is seemingly beyond human capabilities.
1: We all need to thank George Knapp for that. But that was my start, man. That was how it all started for me. UFO is everything. Hearing about the disks, the propulsion system, how they traversed space-time, and I wanted to know, is it true? And that's where we are today.
2: I had the amazing and rare opportunity to mic Lazar when he spoke at the the International UFO Congress. And like you said, yeah, that was a moment I'll never forget, you know, seeing this genuine nervousness in this man. This isn't a guy who's out there yelling to everyone what's going on. He was extremely reluctant to ever come forward, first and foremost, which we'll get to. But even that many years later, when he gave this this brief Q&A with George Knapp at the Congress, You could just tell, like, this wasn't easy for him.
1: It's, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's extremely easy for internet trolls and people who are on the outside looking in to look at a story that is fundamentally uh, hard to grasp and then to dehumanize the messenger. This is something that is done over and over. It's done in warfare This is something that is done by intelligence agencies. This is something that is done so you can dismiss the message by dehumanizing the messenger. You know, and I got to say, the critics of Bob Lazar have been holding the mic for the last 30 years, Mm. and and it's time to take the mic back. And that's exactly what we're going to do on December 3rd at the world premiere in Los Angeles. It is simply time to take the mic back. You know, Bob has never been one to try to correct everybody on his story and what's been going on. He disengaged. He came forward to protect himself. Whether you believe it or not, that's the truth. Now, it is time. It is time that the story is told to two new generations. Think about it. 30 years ago was when he came forward with George Knapp. So now we have the opportunity for two new generations to hear this story. So it's happening, whether you like it or not.
2: Let's get in terms of, you know, your involvement with this, with George and Lazar. You embedded yourself into Lazar's life for this, which is, you know, the the job of a documentary filmmaker in many respects. So in terms of like watching your, your, your trailer recently, you get this really personal look at Lazar, even in the trailer, that not many people are used to. So what was it like? getting so close to this almost mythological guy. Like you said, he's almost like a Bigfoot to many of us out there.
1: Well, luckily, I have a charming personality, and people (laughs) allow me to, uh, you know, live in their homes and hang out. And, um, you know, look, man, it's like this. Uh, If you want to know the truth about something, you, you can't, you know, try to investigate something, you know, an inch deep, you know, you need to do the deep dive, you need to go in there and you need to really try to understand. And and if you're going to do that, you also have to be willing to tell the complete truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, you know. So um, that was luckily a position that I found myself in. And, and that's, you know, with such a reluctant UFO messiah, as we have in Bob Lazar, you know, that was a task. Um, but you know, look, Bob is also a friend. I, I've come to appreciate who Bob is as a human being, separate from his claims of UFOs. How he conducts himself with his business, United Nuclear. How he uh, lives with integrity. Uh, there's not one person in Bob's life, not one person from his wife of 18 years, who's slept next to him for 18 years, and and you know his 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 mom, who for the first time ever went on camera with me for, for this movie Mm -hmm. that there's not one person in his life who is trying to contradict what Bob is saying that they believe him and they believe him because they were there with him. And so you're going to see some of that in my film. So as a journalist and as a filmmaker, but also I think just me, like as a person, it's like, that's how I like to tell a story. I want to know the truth. And in doing that, I'm hoping that the viewer can then come on that journey with me. This movie is next level shit. <laughs> this is really something else, Ryan, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to reach a generation that has yet to be reached that, w- that wasn't even born when, when Bob – told his story with George in 1989. So as you know, I got Mickey Rourke as narrator for this. You know, he he very, I am so grateful for Mickey. He has such a great voice and we we have a history and a past and, and he really wanted to help me out. This line was really strong. Um, How much can a man take before he submits to the weight? And this is, does he fade back into the shadows that formed him? Okay. How
3: much can a man take before he submits to the weight? consequence of distrust, does he fade back into the shadows
1: that formed him? Or does he lash out to carve his words into your flesh? So there, there we go. Mickey awesome. Rourke is narrator. Yeah. And the movie is just extremely uplifted. My, If you remember, go back years, Ryan, when I said I started to make films, okay, the, 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 my first goal, I, I probably told you, was to uplift the visual medium. And I hope – and I know that I have done that with this film from the animation to the soundtrack from two amazing you know, audio musicians, just audio engineers to to, to, to Mickey Rourke doing the, the narration. This movie has already struck a chord with, yeah. with people who are not into UFOs and, and it's going to continue to do so. It's a sonic boom. So I'm just celebrating now.
2: Oh, yeah, man. I mean and here's the thing. Like as a journalist – It is my job also to remain objective, so while I may not always agree with some of possibly your personal conclusions or even the the individuals you interview in your films, the fact is that your style, your voice, what you've done for the UFO field in terms of filmmaking, it, it has elevated it to a level that I don't think many people have ever seen and i know there's going to be people out there who think you know i'm just i'm i'm a fanboy of you but there's two things here one yes i highly respect the work you're doing and two i think you pick topics that are not only thought provoking and curious topics they're they're essential in terms of you know the things you you've decided to cover because of the evidence the evidence is very, very important. So many UFO documentaries out there have nothing to stand on. Absolutely nothing.
1: Let's, let's get to the core of something right here because I've got no fucking problem calling people out for bullshit. So yeah. now that I can swear, I can be myself. Here we go. Um, <laughs> here's the deal, man. There are more snakes and charlatans and half-wit just parrots in this field than any other field. I'm sorry, it's true. Thank you. Most most of y'all, I'll say it, you don't got it, Ryan. I am happy saying it. Most of y'all being sold a bucket of lies and you are just happily eating it up. Now, obviously, not the fans listening to this podcast. You're <laughs> listening to Ryan. I mean, you know, you've got good taste, you know. He's he's you know, he's a great, great uh, host for this. But I'm just saying it, it is true and it is sad. So people need to snap out of it. Wake the fuck up and start to understand that all this BS – and I don't even name names because the deal is that gives them power. It gives them a platform. They don't even deserve it. But you know all the people I'm talking about, all these you know fake messiahs and people are going to save the world with disclosure and all these people that are telling you all these things. They have not a single piece of shred of evidence or anybody else to back them up besides their other charlatan friends. I do not focus on those stories. I will never focus my camera – on an individual who I think is being deceptive, not from day one, and I'll quit in the middle of day one if I ever started down that road. The films you get from me are all about the extraordinary beliefs of credible individuals. I may not completely agree with a cosmology that somebody presents in one of my films. However, I will never point a camera at somebody who I think is intentionally deceiving the public. Never will, that's it. So, yeah, that's what you're getting with my films, man. You know, hardcore. I mean, I, I believe in I believe in the work that I've put out and you have to. And I mean, let's let's sort of get into that, man. If we're going to go
2: there, there is so much controversy behind our story. And for me. I have to say one of the biggest ones for me has always been Bob's credentials. His education. This comes up so fucking often when it comes to this story that it it almost makes me sick. I have my own personal opinions on how important that actually is, but I want to hear from you, man. You know, Bob, you know, claims to have worked at Los Alamos, not claims that's that's been documented at this point. But for those out there who this is the one thing they stand on in terms of proving Bob Lazar's story is not real. What do you have to say about this whole thing? What are his credentials? And how how can we get to the bottom of that?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, this, you know, understandably is the go-to thing for people that not only don't want to believe a story, never will believe a story. It doesn't matter if a UFO or an alien, you know, lands and talks with these individuals, they don't want to believe it. This is normal. And look, we should all be skeptical. And this is, you know, something that has been a, you know, an issue from The very beginning of Bob's story. So, you know, no, look, there's nothing off limits, man. You know, I just don't answer idiots online because they ask stupid questions to get a reaction. I I just don't have time for it. What you're asking is, is, you know, very legitimate. And, you know, look, I'll start by saying that Bob's best credentials are his ability. That's to begin. I have seen Bob in action. I have seen him pick up phone calls on a regular basis at United Nuclear and talk about the, you know, elemental isotopic, you know, ratios of anything you can think of. The, the dude is so smart. He's so knowledgeable, and I don't know many people that built not one but two particle accelerators in their living spaces. You know, I mean, the guy's pretty incredible. That's insane. First first. Yeah. All. So, and, and and that is true. And there's a whole story, and I can get into it, and it's an incredible story. But look, Bob, his best credentials are his ability, and that's uh, personal. I can just tell you that to begin with. But you know, let's. Well, first of all, I do want to say I, I, I do address this in my movie. My my movie is not an A B C D of, you know, this is pro and this is against Bob Story, and this is pro-Bob Story, and this is against Bob Story. That's not my intent at all with my film. My film is much bigger and smarter than that. However, this is something that I talk about in the movie. So, you know, let me just kind of hit the nail on the head here and say that, you know, this is something that we've never been able to prove. We've never been able to prove exactly the schooling and the education of Bob Lazar. And I don't know if we ever will be able to definitively prove it. However, George Knapp has addressed this head on many times and he's gone on record with it, you know, talking with individuals who, you know, back before Bob was Bob the UFO guy in Los Angeles and he was going to uh, Caltech, you know, people were dropping him off at school, picking him him up from the library. So if he was faking it before this big UFO <laughs> circus, you know, he's doing a damn good job, you know. Yeah. So, you know, we, we just don't have the proof, you know, uh, it, you know, right now in the public realm, uh, you know, of these things like MIT and Caltech. But there's all this circumstantial data and all the circumstantial evidence. And it's interesting. Uh, and I do address it in my movie. Uh, So I hope that satisfies you now, Ryan, before watching my movie, before the movie comes out, to let you know that that is addressed. However, I do want to remind everybody of something, and I want to remind them of something really extremely important, which is, look, would a certificate, a credential from Bob Lazar, would that prove to you the existence of UFOs and S-4 and back-engineering alien spacecraft, you know? No, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's your desire to know, is Bob Lazar a liar or is he honest? Now, that's the real question. Isn't that more important than anything? That's really why you're asking these questions about schooling. So, you know, look, I hope that my film does give you insight. One of the beautiful things that somebody said to me in the process of filming is, if you want to know the truth about UFOs, you don't got to look at UFOs. You just got to know the truth about Bob Lazar. What do his friends think? Who are the people closest to him for 30 years? People that knew him before the UFO days. Is he generally – is he the kind of person that would waste his time creating the, the greatest, elaborate, wool-over-your-eyes, lying conspiracy of all time? You know, Is that something Bob would even do? So it, it, it's that question of who he is that I think is really important to look at so you can't just dehumanize the messenger. And then if we get to the point where you're willing to hear what Bob has to say – then we get to the point where we're, at, we're, we're hearing something that, that, that might be incredible. It might be something that is transforming. Now, I will also remind you, Bob was a physicist at Los Alamos. And one of the things that critics say is like, well, he was with a subcontractor. Holy hell. Do you know it's harder to get a job with a subcontractor to go to Los Alamos? You need to prove your credentials more to do that than if you get hired just by Los Alamos. Do mm. you think he just got hired out of high school? He had to present credentials in order to be hired by a subcontractor to Kirkmeyer to work at Los Alamos. And I know for a fact and have proven 10 times over and so has George Knapp that he worked as a physicist at the Maison particle accelerator at Los Alamos, I, I even got to the point where I have his medical records and because of the HIPAA, HIPAA laws or whatever, it can't be released, um, You know, but the guy that, that actually digitized them called me. So he was there, he was a physicist, he was in security briefings with people that I've proved all their credentials and I proved that years ago and George Knapp proved that years ago. George Knapp was in Los Alamos with Bob Lazar on camera and there are some snips of Bob going around Los Alamos in my movies. So so look, everybody can just kind of like, Focus on that if they want, and then they're going to miss the big picture. We will address it. It's important to address, and I feel like we just fucking addressed it. But it's up to you. How, much do you. how much weight do you put on that and why? And then you get to the rest of his story. So that's all I have to say before the movie comes out is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Focus on that. If you're looking for
0: plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
4: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: If you want.
2: I have always been very skeptical of the Lazar story, but I will say this. When it comes to the individuals who broke the story and people who are going as deep as you are, I don't think people realize how critical you and people like George Knapp actually are of all this. And every time you challenge Lazar, he's able to prove to you that this this shit happened. I, if there's one thing that I always tell people when they ask me, what do I think of this story? I tell them, I don't care what you know in terms of what actually went on there the fact of the matter is i firmly believe bob lazar saw and experienced what he says he saw and experienced what that is beyond that point is a completely different realm it's way bigger picture than any of us can possibly imagine but that's what i like to hear in terms of what you're doing with this is getting to the core of this man and then seeing where it goes from there this From what I'm gathering, the film isn't so much proving or disproving Lazar's story. It's the message. It's what he has taken from these thirty years being like dragged into
1: the sand after coming forward. Well, no, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I worked hard, man, for many years. I, I have new evidence in the film. Absolutely, there's a few gems in there that I think are going to blow you away. You know, no, don't get me wrong, man. I, look, I. I am skeptical, too. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you at the beginning of this interview, I wanted to know the truth yep. because I felt like it was critical. And um, I'm not a pushover. Uh, I don't focus on people that I think for a second if they're lying to me. Not for a second. I will expose them. I'll expose them really hard. So, no, I, you know, I'm glad you realize that people call me to be on their TV shows all the time as like you know the UFO guy. And I'm like, you, you don't understand my approach, clearly. I am skeptical, too. I am skeptical of skeptics, in fact. So, uh, you know, look, what is going on here in this film will hopefully satisfy the absolute fanatic of Lazar, and then it will satisfy the absolute newbie who has never heard his story. There are many like Easter eggs in my film, things that only hardcores will see. There there, there are embedded layers in this film is all I'm going to say of things that you can, you can see upon multiple viewings if, if you take your time. Uh, I, I really play to both the hardcore fans, like I am, and then people who have never, you know, ever even heard the Lazar name before.
3: Well, I am telling the truth. I, I, I've tried to prove that. What's going on up there could be the most important event in history. You're talking about contact physical <laughs> physical contact and proof of from another another system another planet another intelligence that's got to be the biggest event in history period and it's real and it's real and it's there
1: so yeah i think this film is going to touch upon all of those nerves for people and it is a hardcore film however it does give you the much needed face to Bob Lazar that you've never seen. That's why the poster of my movie are, are his iconic glasses, like the man that was erased, the man who you don't know mm. who he really is. And, and after this movie, you are going to understand much more deeply who Bob Lazar actually is. And and I, I want to address something that was in my my last movie, kind of like buffoon idiots will make this these statements like, Oh, there's nothing new in the Skinwalker movie. You didn't show us a a Skinwalker. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Where? Wait a second. Where did I say that I have solved the paranormal mystery of all time and and providing you the undeniable proof of the paranormal in that movie? Are you kidding me? And then people that said there was nothing new in that movie. Okay, so you did have Robert Bigelow on camera talking about Skinwalker Ranch before my movie. You did. No, you didn't. You did have the new owner go on camera before my movie. No, no, you didn't. Did you, you also had footage on Skinwalker Ranch, you know, both historically with George Knapp's footage you know, 25 years ago as well as current footage today. No, you didn't. You, you did know about these government programs that utilized $22 million to study Skinwalker Ranch. You barely did because of George Knapp. Yeah, so everybody can basically eat one right there. I, I'm going to tell you something about the Lazar film. If you for a second, just for a second, open your mind to what you're about to see, not only do you have historic footage that has never before been seen, you have evidence that has never before been brought to the table, most importantly, you have brand new hours of footage because i have two and a half hours of bonus materials as well for the film <laughs> you are the king of that of that <laughs> of the, well no it's very important i'll explain that ryan but okay. it's very important it's great but um you, you've got you've got the man himself telling you details of his story so so basically, just get excited for it. Why I'm the king of bonus material around is because I can only fit an hour and a half, you know, maybe two hours into a film. You're telling a 30-year story, man. I mean right, – right. so Right. So as a fan myself, I embed gems into the bonus material. And, and look – and you can get the bonus material from iTunes and Vimeo. I want to be very clear. Not all platforms support bonus material. And there's over two hours of bonus material for this film – And you can only get it on iTunes and Vimeo because those are the only platforms that hold it. So don't get mad at me if you didn't hear me. I'm telling you, get the bonus material by buying on those two platforms. Uh, But the reason the bonus material is so important is because there's just so much stuff you can't put in a movie because of the flow of a movie and keeping people's attention and wanting them to get the big picture of the story. So that's where you get a lot of the details. That's why it's so important to watch those things. I mean you get some incredible stuff in those bonuses. But that's why I do that, Ryan. It's the format – of the uh, medium itself.
2: Oh, completely. As a... Filmmaker myself, I completely understand. You know, you want to tell this huge story, and when it comes to editing and structure and format, you can only do so much. It's the most frustrating thing, I think, as an artist to have your work chopped and cut, but at the end of the day, like that's just the reality of the situation. I completely understand that.
1: Well, it's well, great. You're, people should feel lucky. They get so much extra footage if they buy on those platforms. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. totally. And the fact that you're willing to share those, I think,
2: yeah. as well. Um, in terms of that, I do. Have sort of a filmmaker question here, man. Um, when, in terms of footage in this film, without you know I, giving away too much, I know the film hasn't premiered yet and everything. But in the final cut, was there anything that you weren't able to get in there, or that Bob like specifically <laughs> wanted you to remove? I have to ask.
1: I know people are wondering that. Oh wow, that's very. And you haven't watched the movie yet. I know. I know. It's a wow. little. Uh,
2: no, a no, that's, that's,
1: very, um, that's a powerful question for not having seen the movie.
2: I know, I know. Are, are
1: you sure you haven't seen the movie? I'm positive. Um, wow, yeah, there's a very dramatic series of events okay, okay. in the movie. I mean – we can leave
2: it, it at that completely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let me think about it. I'm gonna talk around it. A second. I mean, I want people to look. When, I'm an independent filmmaker. You know, if if you steal my movie or you post it somewhere, like you know, I'm not gonna be able to to, to make more of them. You know, just do me the small favor and just like buy my movie. That, you know, <laughs> like yeah. just buy it because um that really helps me. But with that said, I think I can go a little bit further. Yes, there is a lot that was very sensitive. And you will see what happened in the movie. And I'll tell you, man to man, person to person, and you know to your audience, what you see in the movie actually happened. It's mm. real. It happened. Take that for what it's worth when you see the movie.
2: Have you, Jeremy, have you personally received any sort of threats or anything? This is a listener question in terms of um, – or even governmental or agency-wise, uh, with making this film, any pushback whatsoever?
1: <laughs> well, you have to watch my film. I think. Damn it! All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. So let me let me just. I want to answer that on two levels. Okay? okay, okay. So one is, I think it's disgusting and ridiculous when these UFO people that we, you know, get these big forums and they become the answer and the cure and they essentially take advantage of everybody and everybody and their mothers after them. If their emails crash, it was the government and these people are just crazy. They're nuts, right? I have received zero resistance and only assistance from people in positions of power from either intelligence communities or, you know, government positions or, you know, journalists and, you know, insiders, anybody. Um, no, people come to me not to harm me or hurt me or slow my role. Um, you know, they come to help me. And you know, maybe again, it's my charming personality. I don't know, Ryan. But um, no, I've, I have never received that kind of negative. Uh, you know, there have been people, that have tried to divert me that I will admit to, but I quickly smell that and see that. And I have great mentor in my life and people that can tell me, Hey, watch out for this guy. They're trying to divert your attention, but, but that's really been the, the worst of it. The only actual physical Uh, threats and they have been you know they're horrific people are just so horrible are just you know viewers and listeners and people that write in and say you know mean evil cruel stuff because they feel very small themselves so they feel like my facebook is their one place to try to grow a pair of balls you know it's Mm. it's just um unfortunate but you know that's not government that that's unfortunately that's that's just people. Those are what they call haters, you know, and uh, I don't got time for them. I mean, if they knew how quickly I stop reading when I see the first piece of negative profanity instead of uh, in a profanity that exemplifies what you're saying. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't listen to it. No, I've I've never been resisted, always assisted. And I've got great sources. As you know, I broke, uh, you know, the Tic Tac UFO story uh, prior to The New York Times very clearly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, to the stars was not
1: the first on the scene, guys, for sure. No, 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 no. But they used it as the tip of the spear. And I think they should have. And I think it was really great that they did because Commander Fravor a great witness and, and a good friend and a great witness. But my, my point to you on a, on a listener question, bigger topic, Ryan, is just that we can become so self-obsessed that we think, you know, everybody's out to get us. That's that's UFO disease. But I've had just the opposite. People have helped me. They have guided me. They have stopped me from wasting my time on things, and I'm very grateful and appreciative for it. And I do not work for anybody else. I do not work for any agency. Uh, in fact, I am a completely independent filmmaker. So when I say like when I make a film, I I fund everything. I, I've never taken a penny, not a single penny, to make any of my films. I do this on my own. I mean, I. Look, I I manage apartments, man. I I have uh, royalties from my martial arts days. Like, I do this on my own. And so it directly benefits me. If people like my work and they vote with their dollars and they purchase my work, then, you know, I make money and I can make more films. It's as simple as that. That is the dynamic. And, you know, for example, Bob Lazar, nothing. He's receiving nothing for this. He wanted nothing for this film. Mm-hmm. Not not a penny. We held a pre premiere, like a private screening for family and friends in Michigan, and they charged for tickets. And Bob immediately had them write. I saw it that night had them write the check for local science programs to support local science programs. So it's like, yeah, so it's like, you know, people just if they think otherwise, it's because they're on the outside looking in, they don't know Bob. And uh, I just wanted to kind of clarify to you about my films because people are very mysterious about it. I saw that online, uh, you know, by by a friend of mine. Actually, it was what the hell? Yeah. No, I I self fund everything, man. I'm very open about that. I've said that from day one. Yeah, that's been out there for a long time. So yeah, no, yeah. which I'm... is not easy, man. It's not easy. I, there are <laughs> sacrifices, man. You know, you don't know if a movie's going to do well. You know, tell me about it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So in terms of your films overall, man, is there any sort of patterns you're picking up in terms of the phenomena you're covering? Or is it all just like a big mixed bag of weird shit? What do you think is going on? And what really gravitates you towards certain phenomena or, uh, or topics to cover?
1: Well, I try to focus on the people that I find the most credible to begin with, You know, even from back in the day when I put out the anonymous interview for the Citizen Hearing, right? Yeah. You know, Ruben Langdon, the unsung hero of the Citizen Hearing who made everything happen and he's the one you should focus on, not other charlatans and people reaching out. He's the one, Ruben Langdon, he's the one that made that happen, man. And um, some amazing things have happened from that. But from the very beginning with my filmmaking, you know, aiming my camera and using my camera as a passport, you know, into people's lives, which it really has become... I do see a pattern and I I, I do see, uh, uh, you know, developments of my understanding of the phenomenon. Skinwalker, Hunt for the Skinwalker, my movie, that one opened my eyes. It did because of the people I was exposed to, the direct evidence and stories that I was exposed to. Uh, I would say that really opened my eyes. I I, I think that we've, we've learned a lot we have learned a lot look, let's look at the bob lazar story which is a very nuts and bolts story right bob is yeah. like the least woo woo guy you've ever met you know he is more skeptical of ufo's and ufo people and ufo stuff than, than anybody i've ever met oh you don't it's, have to tell me yeah
2: he yeah, it, <laughs> he's very reluctant to speak to ufo people
1: well yeah it's not that I mean it's not that he dislikes you of OP people right, they right. they just haven't been kind to him and a lot of the, a lot of us are absolutely crazy I mean we you know we have our own agendas you know it's like Bob, Bob just likes to focus on the science so this is a very nuts and bolts story a very nuts and bolts case it's very straightforward it's it, it's very different than hunt for the skinwalker which is really hard to wrap your mind around but I think the I think what's important to say right now is what we learned in December of 2017 through the New York Times on a global scale, which some of us knew or suspected, but now on a global scale, is that the United States government is actively studying the UFO phenomenon, that it did not end in 1969 with Project Blue Book, as we have been told that our government was lying to us about that, and that this program, ATIP, was a reactionary program. But there was an actionary program. There was a proactive program, and that was OSAP. And, and, and ATip was not part of OSAP. There's a lot of lies and misunderstanding, communication about that, but that, that's okay. Time will clarify. Here's the point. We now know that our government is intimately connected and interested in the UFO phenomenon. And from a nuts and bolts perspective, and that sheds a completely different light on what it is that Bob Lazar said in 1989—
3: I know there are alien craft here from another planet. Now, I saw other ones, but I was inside one. I know it was not made on Earth. I know it was made with materials that we cannot fabricate, we cannot duplicate, and we've never been able to. I know it uses a power source that's so advanced that we could only dream of something along those lines. And the energy density on it is phenomenal. It's nothing that I, I would ever expect to see. I also know that at some point they've examined or had bodies of alien creatures somewhere. So I know that stuff for a
1: fact. And that's the bottom line. Knowing Bob, seeing Bob, who he is in this film, and knowing the history now that we've learned through the New York Times, puts his story in a completely different modern light. It's a great time for this film to be coming out.
2: I have one more question before we wrap things up here, and it has to do with one of the coolest guys I've encountered in one of your films, Nanoman.
3: I'm probably one of the few nanotechnologists who are pushing the envelope who know for a fact that the extraterrestrial technology is real, it's possible, and that's just an astounding amount of drive and motivation
2: to keep pushing the edge. So I got to ask you, have you you been talking to this guy recently? Are there any updates in terms of the work you did with him and the
1: things he analyzed for you? In fact, I am in so much trouble with everybody. I owe him a callback okay. so bad. I'm calling him right after this. Um, Right after this interview, because you just reminded me, I mean, look, Brian, I I, I don't know that people understand, like, I, I don't have a production company, I don't have 100 people that work for me on social media, I don't have a, even an agent or anything, like, I've got a lawyer who lives in the jungle, and he's the guy that I talk with when I need, you know, to, to figure out if I'm going to make a move or not. My, my point is, I'm not an army, dude, I'm one person, and I cannot keep up with the interest that is blowing up over the skinwalker ranch movie hunt for the skinwalker but then now with lazar so i am so behind on everything but i will say this Man will have his day on the screen and it's not going to take forever
2: that's all i had to hear my man well give us a little bit about the premiere happening in la not even two weeks from now um, Don't
1: give me a heart attack, dude. I,
2: <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. It's a month away. How's that for you? Uh,
1: that's a lie. Okay. So yeah. The, the So the world premiere of Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers narrated by Mickey Rourke Oscar nominee for acting, right? Which is yeah. so exciting. You know, this is going to be in a historic theater that was built by a bunch of friends, one of whom was Charlie Chaplin. And it's in downtown LA. This theater is the most majestic theater I have ever uh, been you know, blessed to be able to sit in. It is absolutely stunning, gorgeous. gossip, yeah. gorgeous, beautiful. It has always been my dream to be able to show a film there because I'll be showing films where the greats have shown films, you know, Alejandro Joravowski, Um, we have, uh, oh my gosh, every, you know, Kenneth Anger, these, these wild filmmakers who have done these incredible different films, David Lynch holds festivals there every year, I am so honored to be able to show my film there, this has been a dream of mine, it's coming true, December 3rd, downtown Los Angeles, limited seats, I made it democratic, it's 20 bucks and everybody gets to come, general admission, I will be hosting with George Knapp, Bob Lazar. Um, I will make sure that we do some. Going to do an interesting form of Q and A. I think. I think I'm going to do it through social media. It's going to be really interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I just want to, you know, kind of have a really special evening set up for everybody. You know, I. I got all these posters i'm gonna break bob's hand having him sign these things for everybody because that's the one question everybody wants these autographed poster from bob you know? yeah that was the number one question
2: i got when i uh, oh. opened this up to listeners
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah so i will be lynched if i don't have those on deck so i have those on deck and um Yeah, man, look, it's going to be a really special evening. And I'm just now getting the word out. That's why I'm, you know, kind of nervous about it. Like it's a it's a big night. It's a dream come true. This is the film I always wanted to make because I always wanted to know the truth about flying saucers. And making this film has allowed me to know the truth. And so I hope that you get that as well. And I hope that we have a beautiful celebratory night together. And uh, that's it, my man, it's going to be a It's going to be something, really something.
2: It's Christmas come early for me, Jeremy. And I don't just mean that as a fan of your work, but this this story has mystified me since age 13, just like you, man. And I I can't wait to see what you've uncovered, where I personally will stand after this and where the public at large will. But when is it going to be available to all of the
1: public? Yeah, so you can actually, thank you for asking that, you you can actually pre-order it Right now, as you're listening, um, Vimeo.com is this great place to pre-order it because you can watch that anywhere in the world. iTunes is another place that has the bonus material. And again, you can watch that in most countries in the world. But you get bonus material with both of those. And then, of course, you've got like Amazon, Google Play, even Xbox and Vudu and things like that. All pay-per-view, all pay-per-view platforms will hold it. Um, I just think you should do Vimeo or iTunes because you get the bonus material, uh, which will eventually come out on its own later anyway. But there you go. That's how you watch the film. You could pre-order it, and that all drops. This is so cool. This never happens. When the movie ends at the premiere in Los Angeles, the movie will stop about 9:35 p.m. on December 3rd. It unlocks in the United States at that moment. It's. <laughs> It's supposed to unlock on the 4th the next day, but actually from what I understand, it unlocks at exactly that moment. So wouldn't that be cool?
2: That is so cool. Synchronicity at its best. (laughs) Or planned
1: synchronicity.
2: Planned synchronicity, exactly. We all choose our own destiny for sure. (laughs) There we go. Dude, thank you so much for for doing this prior to the film. I wanted to give people a taste of sort of what to expect. And I know our conversation's only begun. We're going to do this again after the film premieres, after uh, the public's reaction, and then the real conversation is going to start. And I cannot wait.
1: No problem. And, you know, I just want to say after all this like fan feedback and all this conversation that's going, I just want to say I really appreciate the people that have something positive and something, uh, you know, true questions. Let their, Let them be scientific or personal. I love receiving actual questions in good hearted, good spirited people that are curious about the truth. I will answer everything to the best of my ability if I feel you're not a dickhead. <laughs> and I, I, I am, exe- I'm absolutely excited to engage the public on this matter. And, and to everybody else, you know, I, I, I just got to not apologize. Exactly, man. <laughs> That's it, man. A, you know, I Drop not, the mic. Yeah, I am not, you know, everybody else can eat one, man. But if you have a sincere question, and you'd really like to actually know the answer, if you're kind and you're uh patient with my time, I will answer you, and I am excited to because we need to talk about this. This is important stuff. If you consider for a fraction of a second that Bob Lazar could be telling you the truth, what is your next question? And that's what I think is important. So everybody, enjoy the movie. It's going to open up uh, the conversation. It could
2: change everything. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate your show. I appreciate you having me on and I'm really excited to hear what your fans have to say. So yeah, let's talk about it.
2: That's it for this week's episode. Again, if you're in the Los Angeles area, be sure to grab tickets to the world premiere of Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers on December 3rd at the Ace Theater in downtown Los Angeles. Visit the theater at Ace Hotel online now to reserve your tickets. The film will then release to the public the following day on December 4th on all streaming platforms. Rogue Planet will be in full force at the premiere, covering the event, so be sure to follow all of that on our website, rogueplanet.tv. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review Summer in the Skies on Apple Podcasts. It is the largest podcast platform and helps us gain visibility and find new listeners. Thank you in advance. Also, subscribe to our growing YouTube channel for exclusive video content and a deeper look into the UFO topic and beyond. Just search for the Ryan Sprague channel. That's S-P-R-A-G-U-E. We're on Twitter at Somewhere Skies and Instagram at Somewhere Skies Pod. For past episodes, articles, news, and contact information, visit the official website, somewhereintheskies.com. My sincere thanks, as always, to Hello Fresh, the E1 Podcast Network, KGRA Radio, and most importantly, To you for listening. I'll see you here next week. And remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies.
0: Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. Hold up.
4: What was that?